Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday, December 19th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and I've got my guy, Kenny, as we take on a four-game slate to get us back on track on a nice Tuesday, you know, getting closer to that holiday season. Kenny, how's your how's your week going? Got any uh, big plans coming up for the, uh, for the upcoming holidays? Um, and probably just a drive to the other part of California. But outside of that, man, when it comes to props, props is treating me pretty well tonight. Uh, ended up hitting all five of my women's college basketball prop for this um, UCLA versus Ohio State game, which was a pretty good game. And also was able to win, um, win, a, win a good good amount of money from uh, my Clippers in this Pacer game. But I ended up choosing um, James Harden free throws instead of his points. So uh, ended up losing the 25 bets because of that. Oh, man. Well, How about <laughs> can't always have everything work out, but uh, Harden himself had a pretty monster night. And the Clippers are looking good, what, eight straight now? So you must be pretty happy about that. But yeah, I mean, overall, I'd say, I mean, it's going all right uh, as far as DFS and all is concerned. I was uh, hoping to hit on uh, a couple of these uh, Sixers parlays that I had going as well as a live money line bet. But unfortunately, they uh, decided to really choke at the end over there, which was a bit annoying. But, you know, it's all good. Happens. You uh, win some, you lose some. Otherwise, yeah, just uh, getting everything together for holidays here as well. We're going to be heading out of town for a for a wedding that we got to attend in uh, in New York. So we're going to see what that uh, ends up looking like. But otherwise, going good over here. Excited to get things going. And as always, for those who are following along, if you haven't subscribed yet to SportsEthos.com, what are you doing? Get yourself on there. Get that fantasy pass and give yourself access to not only all of the great content that uh, guys like Kenny and the rest of our DFS pros are putting together, as you heard, obviously doing really well on areas outside of just the norm as far as NBA basketball is concerned. So we'll definitely want to keep yourself up to date on everything that goes around. And you get access to our Discord to be able to ask our DFS pros all the way up until lineup lock just what will make that last bit of difference over here. But as far as uh, the slate tonight is concerned, as we said, four games on a uh, less busy night in comparison to what we've been seeing for a lot of uh, these uh, Tuesday slates coming up into this. But really, there's a the big news obviously coming through is going to be in that Memphis-New Orleans game with John Morant making his comeback after an extended suspension, rehab, whatever you want to call it. But as far as uh, point guards are concerned, uh, it's going to be interesting whether people are going to take that jump on uh, on him at uh, his uh, 9300 value. But uh, I'll let you uh, let you jump in first about the point guards if there's something that you're specifically looking at. But what are you thinking about John? What do you think about Memphis in general on this game? 
Um, I mean, Jai coming back will gain a lot of interest, especially on a small slate like this. So I do feel like even though he's been gone for a while, it wasn't due to injury or anything related to injury. Plus that Memphis team is pretty depleted. So I do feel like he should get about 30 minutes if he kept his body in shape. And I do feel like on a DFS perspective, that's going to be about a 15, 20% ownership. So for point guard, I'm actually going to go with somebody who had one of his um, worst games probably in the past 250 games. And that's um, Curry from 9K. I really do feel like a bounce back is to happen, especially against a team like Boston. Since if I remember right, he did not make a three-pointer on 10 attempts last game. So the shot volume is still there. He will be hunting for a shot. He will be hunting to score, and he's going to be hunting to score early. You might not get much stats outside of three-pointers and points, but for 9K on the four-game slate, that's going to be my spin-up at the point guard. Going a little bit cheaper, I'm going to go with somebody I typically don't like using a DFS but since this is a small slate, you do need to take a chance, especially in the GPPs. And that's going to be the number two pick in the draft. Well, should have been the number two pick in the draft. Scoot Henderson for 5-3. Um, lately, he wasn't really showing too much promise to warrant that draft pick. But I do feel like in a spot against Phoenix, who will be depleted and not looking their best outside of their um, two-star players goes. I do feel like this will be a spot he will get about 25 to 30 minutes. And I do feel like he's going to get you about 10, 15 shot attempts. So the GPP for 5-3, you could get yourself in a potential Scoop Henderson spot where you get you 30 to 40 drafting points. And then for my cheapy, again, this is going to be a GPP play only. I'm going to go with somebody who's probably not going to have any ownership for 4-2, and that Jacob Gilliard. I do feel like if Moran isn't in the best of shape, I do feel like this could be a potential 20-minute spot for Gilliard, especially in a GPP. You want to get low ownership on a player, even though he don't give you the most um, points per minute. I do feel like this is a potential 15, 20 DK point spot if you get you about 20 minutes against this New Orleans team. Yeah, fair enough. I think there's a couple of good picks there. Yeah, the Steph Curry one was definitely on top of my radar as well. I think it was 268 games that he had a streak of three-pointers that was broken after that last one against uh, against the Blazers, which of all oppositions wouldn't necessarily think that's the one where Steph ends up struggling from outside, but he just missed wide-open shots. I do like him at 9,000. That being said, uh, I'm actually going slightly higher than that, and I do think Dame in his matchup for 9,200 against uh, the uh, San Antonio Spurs is going to be the spot where I'm really interested as far as uh, pure GPP is concerned. Now, I don't expect that he's going to be required to play you know, a huge amount of minutes in the sense that he probably won't get to like the 37-38 that he had in that uh, Houston game where he absolutely went off. But apart from the fact that he's just been shooting really well over the last uh, over the last two weeks at this point now, Really, doesn't need all that much to be able to uh, get himself going. And if he can even be playing 30 minutes against the Spurs team, that will be without Wembenyama probably going to be really 
really struggling to be able to generate any sort of offense on their end. I expect Lillard is just going to be able to go all out for about three quarters there and hopefully get in a spot where he can be somewhere in close to uh, you know, 50 to 55 uh, DK points on the night. From a uh, from a spread standpoint, I mean, we're looking at a 249.5 game total for this game, even though the Bucks are being favored to win by 16.5. So there is always that worry about uh, something being a blowout there. But I do feel pretty confident about him at that current price tag. And uh, going a, a little bit cheaper as far as the uh, the point guard stuff is concerned, I am still sticking with that uh, that Golden State Warriors game. And while uh, you obviously spoke about uh, Steph Curry at his uh, 6,000, oh sorry, 9,000 uh, price tag, on the other hand, you know we've really started to see as a result of the uh, the Draymond Green ongoing suspension that it's been uh, Brandon uh, Podziemski who's been really getting the opportunity to be able to play. And a big minutes in a couple of different spots. He's been playing some of the twos and playing some three, but altogether he's been basically getting 32 to 35 minutes every game since, uh, since Draymond has been out. Now this is probably not necessarily the uh, sexiest GPP play. He might be more of a uh, kind of uh, mid tier and a cash with a little upside uh, opportunity over there, but we've seen that he's going to get anywhere between uh, 13 to 14 shots a game. And he's been shooting it absolutely lights out while being a sneaky, good rebounder at his position as well, despite not really being a, uh, a big body in there. So I like him for his, uh, his price tag there. And then uh, going all the way down into that uh, 4,900 price tag with Bradley Beal again, announced for multi weeks, uh, multi-week injury, it's going to be, uh, once again, Jordan Goodman has been getting the opportunity to be able to get anywhere between uh, 26 to 30 minutes on a night, depending on uh, not only how he's playing, but also kind of how the game itself is looking. Now, with that uh, Suns and Blazers game, Blazers themselves, regardless of whether they're home or away, have not been all that great in general. And with the Suns being a little beleaguered, I do expect that uh, Goodwin should be able to get a pretty good uh, shot buffet on his side there, maybe get closer to that kind of 10 to 11 shots that uh, hopefully will allow him to be able to get his, uh, his price tag up over there. So at 4,900 gives him enough uh, room to be able to grow and yeah, I like him for, for where he is Uh, moving on to the uh, shooting guard side of things over here. And, Again, where I'm looking over here is very much in that uh, that mid-tier side of things. I think you'll find that it's a bit of a, a, a trend here with really, first of all, outside of Giannis, no real massive spend-ups up on here outside of obviously some of those 9,000 options. But looking into kind of the, uh, the mid-tier side of things here, and again, starting off with uh, the Golden State uh, game going against Boston should be probably the more competitive games of the night. Uh, we have Clay Thompson, who's finally kind of showing some glimpses of life as far as his uh, shooting is concerned. Three straight games now where he's shot uh, pretty much uh, 45% and above from three, has averaged about 39 to 40 DK points in that night, while still being in a price tag that has quite a bit of room to grow on his side. 6,500 is uh, for a guy who's definitely going to be needed to step up on both ends of the floor, really, with uh, with Draymond uh, out, and he's starting to show a little bit of that. You know, starting to see a bit of the old clay that's coming through there. So for him, at his uh, 6,500 price tag, definitely a guy that I have a uh, big interest in. And at the same time, uh, again, a dual eligibility. I was probably going to talk about him under the small forward side, but Chris Middleton sitting at that uh, 6,400 price tag, which again he's been playing 29 to 30 minutes, pretty. Uh, pretty uh, consistently since he got uh, his, I guess you can say hard minutes restriction lifted, but they're now kind of more in the soft side. 
And regardless of uh, how close or whatever ends up happening with this game, if he's playing even three quarters of that, getting anywhere between 28 to 30 minutes, he always has the upside to be able to get uh, a stat line that's probably going to end up being somewhere closer to like 18, 7, and 7 while having the odd steal and block in there as well. So it just gives you a lot to like as far as him having the upside to get somewhere close to 40 as far as his his, uh, fantasy points total that's concerned and really is where... I'm going to be spending a bit of time thinking about it. And then finally, uh, not necessarily in absolute love uh, with the pick over here, given what I am potentially expecting the uh, the game itself to be. But uh, with, uh, with Andrew Wiggins also being a bit more of a, not necessarily a full shadow of his life. Well, actually, sorry, he's on the small forward side. So I'm going to skip forward that. I was still going to talk about Brandon Ingram at 7,800, where he himself is in a situation where, his, his shot is pretty much correlated to whether he's able to get some of those other uh, ancillary stats to come uh, come on his side as well. And we've seen that in three out of the last four games where he's got his shot going. And as a result of it, he's got a, a couple more on the uh, on the other side of the uh, of the stat line as well to be able to help get him into that 40, 40 plus mark there as far as his DK points are concerned. Again, I'm hoping Memphis basically on the back of Ja can have a little bit more confidence, maybe able to keep this game closer going all the way to the end, which will allow Ingram to get closer to that at 34 to 35 minute mark. And then I think the upside is absolutely there for him to get somewhere close to 45 DK points on his night. But how about yourself as far as guards are concerned, shooting guards that is. Uh, for the two guards, you got some pretty solid picks. Um, and I need to agree with you. I don't see myself spinning up too high on the two guard position. My high spin up is actually going to be Jalen Brown. And I'm going to be running him back in any lineup I've run Curry in for 7 8. Over the past four or five games, it, it seemed like he's been taking about six to seven three pointers. Surprisingly, he'd be giving you a couple of assists. Uh, I want to say he's averaging about 5.5 assists in the last five games. And if this game stay competitive on a four-game slate where most of these games, if not all of these games, could go out of hand, you will need to get as many starters as you can with as many minutes possible, which is why I will be spinning up on Brown in that position. Going a little bit cheaper... Still a little bit of a high-end mid-tier, I guess you could say, is actually going to be a former Celtics, and that's Michael Brogdon for Sitsits. Again, game atmosphere is not looking too great, but if Portland do keep it close, I do feel like they would have both Scoot Henderson and Brogdon on the floor. Um, outside of that, going a little bit cheaper. Um, honestly, I might not play this, um, only play this if you're expecting a blowout in the Memphis New Orleans game, and that's Jordan Hawkins for 3-5. You might remember him last month when he had a bigger role on the team. He was getting about 20, 30 minutes a game, connecting on about 40% of his three-pointers, and kind of was a nice little highlight story for New Orleans um, earlier on in the season. But now, since a lot of the players came back into the rotation, you really only see him in extended minutes in these blowout situations. Um, I want to say when they played against Washington, they was able to give him 20 minutes. Then um, Chicago, a few weeks ago, they gave him a little 25, 30-minute spot. Um, he's not going to be on a lot of people's radar, but you do need to get difference in these GPPs. 
And if you feel like this has a higher potential of a blowout, uh, I would probably lock a band into a GPP lineup or two. Yeah, I like it. As you said, I think there's a, a couple of opportunities here to be able to get some guys who'll have pretty low ownership on here and be able to go ahead and take advantage of that. And that's really where I was looking at the small forward side as well, where I already kind of mentioned uh, both Clay and Middleton, which have that uh, dual eligibility. You can go ahead and fit them in in either of those spots. But on the other hand, I do also think Wiggins will likely have uh, lower ownership just given how inconsistent he has been uh, throughout the season. But again, showing a bit of life as far as his pure shooting uh, numbers are concerned. I mean, we're seeing him only average 12 points a game this season, which is definitely far below what uh, we were starting to kind of get from him. Not only on one end, but on the the defensive end as well, which is really fueling a lot of his uh, a lot of his offense as far as Golden State was concerned, getting a lot of those easy buckets. So the fact that he's uh, starting to pick up a little bit as far as his uh, his defensive side of things are concerned, his defensive numbers as well, then we're going to get a little bit more of the benefit on the other end because we know his uh, three point shooting is always going to be inconsistent. Got four of six in the last game, which was I'd say a nice sight to see. In 29 minutes, was able to put up 42 DK points. And while that's not something you can necessarily expect on a uh, on a game in game out basis, just given how he has been playing, you have that opportunity to be able to see him in this kind of a matchup. One, a matchup in which he has thrived and also is going to be needed uh, with uh, both uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum requiring his uh, defensive attention to try and keep them at bay as much as possible. I expect his minutes total is going to be quite a bit higher than it has been over the last uh, couple of games. We might be seeing him actually get into kind of the 30 plus minutes here as uh, he was kind of early on in the season. It gives him a little bit of upside at his, uh, at his current price tag. Uh, on the other hand, uh, taking a look at uh, the, the Boston side of things, and you already mentioned uh, Jalen Brown at that side there, but I'm taking a look at uh, Christoph Rosingas, who has been listed as being questionable in this game. And if that uh, does end up being the case where he is uh, going to be sitting out, then I am looking at uh, Sam Hauser again, getting an opportunity to be able to get closer to that uh, you know, mid to high, uh, mid to high twenties, if not low 30 minutes, as far as his uh, minutes total is concerned. Now, again, he's the kind of guy who's going to be basically sitting in the corner, being able to put up anywhere between uh, four to six uh, three-point attempts, and then being able to get some of those long rebounds as well. So not necessarily the highest upside as far as his uh, pure um, his pure point scoring is concerned, but he does have a sneaky ability to be able to grab a decent amount of rebounds for, uh, for his position, and you found that... Uh, you know, in the games that he has gotten an opportunity to basically play 25 minutes and above, he's actually averaging anywhere between six to seven rebounds in that time. So gives him a little bit more of a wiggle room to be able to go ahead and take advantage of that. And I, I do think I'll find myself taking a little bit of him as a, a small forward. Anyone that you particularly like though? Um, pr- pretty, pretty similar reasons um, why I like Jaylen Brown. Um, if I'm running Curry in the lineup, if I'm not, Plugging in Brown, I'm going to spend up, plug in Tatum. Similar reasons, you have a four-game slate, not too many competitive games, and I do feel like ownership should be a little bit lower on Tatum than you normally would see on a four-team slate due to a couple other spin-ups being on the slate um, that I will probably talk about in this power forward position, but Tatum at 9-5 is going to be something I'm going to run if I'm running Curry in a line in cash or GP. Normally would see on a four-team slate due to a couple other spin-ups being on the slate um, that I will probably talk about in this power forward position. But 
Tatum at 9-5 is going to be something I'm going to run if I'm running Curry in the line in cash or GPPs. When it comes to mid-tier pick, I'm going to pick um, someone who typically gets you as many fantasy points as he does minutes on the floor, and that's Keldon Johnson at 6-9. Um, I can never tell you what you're going to get from Keldon Johnson. I typically tell people just play his um, PRA or fantasy. You you never know if he's going to choose to rebound. You're never going to guess if he's going to distribute. You, you never really know what role he will have on that team. And I do feel like in a four-game slate, even though there is a potential of a blowout in this game against Milwaukee, I, I will take a chance on him in um, GPPs at 6-9. Then really going cheap. I'm going to go back to the San Antonio game, and I could pretty much say the same thing about this player as well, C.D. Osmond. Um, two weeks ago, he was the point guard for the um, San Antonio. Last week, he was basically just a spot-up shooter. You, you never know what type of role he would get, but the problem with him is you also never know what type of minutes he would get. He could get you 32 minutes. He could get you 10 minutes. You never really know how Pop is feeling about playing Osmond. So in GPPs only, if you have four or five left over and you need somebody who can give you a sneaky 25 DraftKings points, I will plug in um, Osmond on this four-game slate. Yeah, it's fair. And you know, with that uh, dual eligibility as well, he's one that I may have potentially uh, had a little bit of interest as well. Uh, on that uh, same power forward line, looking at the uh, the Chiefs side, which is where I ended up going, again, I feel like this has become a, a bit of a trend in terms of people getting the opportunity to be able to take advantage. And that's been uh, Jackson Davis for uh, Golden State, who's gotten the chance to basically play a little bit of a combo kind of forward as well as center for them, given the fact that uh, Kevon Looney is really starting to see his, uh, his minutes start to go away. And they've been going a little bit smaller to be able to go ahead and compensate for uh, some of what they've been uh, been lacking over there. So yeah, we got uh, uh, Trace Jackson Davis being able to play uh, 18 minutes in the last game, but I expect that those minutes total again, given how uh, we're we're seeing kind of how things go, especially if someone like a Porzingis is getting either less minutes or is not there altogether, we might get him uh, to be running a little bit more of a, uh, a small ball forward over there. Obviously, 4,300 is a little bit more expensive than I would have ideally uh, liked for him to be. Uh, his uh, kind of 36, 3700 price tag would be an ideal scenario to be able to go ahead and take him, but I still think it gives you enough upside to be able to go ahead and uh, get that going. On the other hand, and this is kind of going up a little bit higher over there, uh, it's again that Memphis and, and Pelicans game, and I think you can really go uh, both ways here, looking at really the big studs for both the uh, both the teams over here. Both Jaron Jackson and Zion are absolutely in play for me here. Uh, the big thing is uh, we saw Jaron Jackson with a uh, John Morant on the floor. I mean, except for the beyond the fact that he's been playing really well in the last couple of games on his own. But in general, last year we saw with John Morant on the floor that his uh, percentages went up by about uh, four to five percent um, in terms of his actual field goal percentage, and his overall productivity rose uh, pretty similarly on that as well. So as much as you know, we know that he can get himself into a bit of foul trouble, which always gives you a little bit of a boomer bust scenario as far as his uh, his production is concerned. We've been seeing that pretty consistently over the last uh, couple of games now. His field goal attempts are absolutely getting sky high. I expect that to get somewhere closer to around 20 
now that uh, now the jaw's going to be back, but it is going to be hopefully a little bit more productive in those uh, 20 shots that he's going to end up getting with uh, jaw commanding just so much tension on the floor. So at 8200, are we like him and and similar to that same uh, same scenario on there of a game being close and someone getting the opportunity to be a little bit more involved and that's going to be Zion on his side as well. Again, a, a fast-paced game. I expect that 232 and a half uh, game total is going to be somewhere pretty close to what I expect to uh, to actually see and I'm hoping that uh, you know with with Jaw back Memphis can keep it close all the way to the end because if we see that and we get Zion actually playing his uh, 33 minutes closer to his uh, kind of 27 28 minutes when a game is not as uh, not as close as it's as it has been for the last couple of them for the Pelicans that definitely adds a little bit of uh, a doubt as far as his uh, his side is concerned but I do like him overall at that uh, at that price tag over there but how about yourself for uh, for the rest of uh, the forward side as well as uh, looking into the centers as well um when it comes to forwards I feel like this is probably going to be chalky play on the slate and that's going to be onto the Kumpo against a depleted San Antonio team I really do feel like this is worthy of the spin up especially if the game can stay somewhat competitive I feel like if you can chalk in 34 minutes for Giannis in this spot that should generate to 60 DraftKings points the way that San Antonio is assembled, and possibly 10 free throw attempts. Going a little bit cheaper, I'm going to go back to the Memphis game and actually pick up um, Adama. I really do feel like in a matchup against New Orleans, his style is going to allow them to not only take... Valachunas off of the floor, but potentially help um, help um, Zion get into foul trouble if he's stuck in positions where he needs to be the one guarding um, a Biombo or a Jackson. Um, outside of that, going a little bit cheaper, I will take a flyer on one of the Phoenix wings. Um, in this scenario, Little been getting a little bit more minutes. Price is a little bit higher at four sets, but if you need somebody for cash games or GPP, you might want to spend up on that for the guaranteed minutes in um, recent games since he's been giving you at least 20 minutes in the past three or four games. Um, outside of that, going with the big um Brought the name up earlier, um, but Valanchunas, if you feel like um, they won't try to put Adamit out there too much and actually play a little bit more Biombo, that's going to be a scenario where they will keep uh, Valanchunas out with Zion, which will deplete Zion's rebound ability and increase his accessibility, but it would also allow you to get JV in a double-double spot for 7-2. Going a little bit cheaper. If you want to pivot for Giannis, you feel like this is going to be a you know, blowout on the spot, you should be able to pencil in um, Portis for 24 to 30 minutes 
And in that amount of time, he has the capability of getting a double-double against a team like San Antonio. So if you want to go on the cheaper end, still have a closer to this Milwaukee-San Antonio game, Portis would probably be the best route to go if you don't want to have Giannis. Then going cheaper, going back to uh, the Phoenix 3 or 4, which whatever position, um, if you want to play a GPP, you want to take a flyer on a 3-8 player. Uh, Metsu is somebody I would take a flyer on. His minutes been down uh, the Phoenix 3 or 4, which whatever position. Um, if you want to play a GPP, you want to take a flyer on a 3-8 player. Uh, Metsu is somebody I would take a flyer on. His minutes been down in the New York and Washington games. I really feel like that was more matchup specific. Um, but the team flew, the team worked out pretty well. Uh, more so when Bradley Bill was on the floor when um, he worked out a little bit well when it was um, Bill and Booker. But I do feel like he should be able to get about 15 to 20 minutes. And if he's taking the shots get you a blocker still that should be somebody who gets you 15 to 20 dk points in 20 minutes for three eight nice yeah a bunch of solid picks over there and uh and luckily enough uh i have a couple of the other side that uh, go alongside that as well so you mentioned that uh that phoenix and portland game earlier in a couple of spots here but really we're since we love talking about revenge slates in general and also just opportunities to be able to have outsized value. Uh, we saw DeAndre Ayton have that uh, game earlier in the season against uh, Phoenix where he was able to play about 31 minutes and ended up with uh, about 37 DK points on a night where he did shoot 14 times. And that's really what uh, is always kind of my concern whenever I am picking DeAndre Ayton in general, just how aggressive he's going to be on offense in general, because usually he can find himself getting a pretty good rebounding total and also will chip in with a couple of assists and uh, steals and blocks that go with it. It's really whether he can be closer to that kind of 15, 16 points rather than, you know, his eight to nine points, which he can sometimes find himself ending at. So really in that uh, scenario, I do like his price tag of 6,400 to kind of mitigate some of that risk that does come with that. And in a game where, you know, Portland does need whatever they can get uh, at home to try and keep a, uh, a Suns team, which even though they're beleaguered is still going to have Kevin Durant and, and uh, the rest of them actually going at him. Aiton's going to have to be uh, aggressive over here to try and keep uh, Portland afloat. And I expect that he's going to hopefully be a little bit more aggressive on offense to be able to get some of that going. So at his price tag, I like that. And then uh, on the kind of mid, mid-tier, well, not really mid-tier, his value at this point, but at 4,900 with uh, Weminyama out, I do expect that Zach Collins is going to get the opportunity to uh, once again uh, get back into the starting lineup, which you know, we saw earlier in the season when he was getting that opportunity as the center with Weminyama playing the, playing the power forward. He himself was putting up some big stat lines and really getting the opportunity to play anywhere between uh, 28 to 30 minutes, which is really what you want from that uh, spot there. So at 4,900, I do like his price tag and that should be a good opportunity for you to be able to take advantage of some upside in a matchup where San Antonio is really lacking at the forward spot. 
But that does uh, bring us to the end of yet another slate. As always, you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at HK underscore devil as we talk through, as we said, a smaller four-game slate here and a couple of ways that you can go about actually taking it down. So definitely hit uh, hit me up, hit my guy Kenny up as always on, uh, on his uh, socials as well to be able to not only talk about the NBA, but all other forms of basketball. But until then, let's go take down some GPPs. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.